This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Touring with Pearl Jam for years all around the world, I never forgot my love of comic books. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm very pleased to present the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast, episode 133, sponsored by Discount Comic Book Service, Netflix, in Jim Hanley's universe. iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast. I'm so glad that we got to have our special musical guest come in today. <laughs> it was really nice of him. It was good because Neil Young had canceled. Yeah. So you'd shoot. think he would have come in when we were in Seattle. That's yeah. right. Well, we uh, missed we missed each yeah. other. It was tough. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I am Josh. I'm here with Ron and Hello. Connor doesn't want to say his <laughs> name. He's holding out on me for yes. some reason. We're from iFanboy.com. That's a little website. Uh, multimedia experience we put together for the folks of you out there who like the comic books. Multimedia experience, <laughs> yeah. 1996. <laughs> <laughs> I go back to a candy computer, giant boxy speakers, and edutainment of, that was 12 inches. Or edutainment. Um, and we uh, all read a lot of comic books each week. One of us is uh, tasked with picking the the best comic book they read that week. That's called the Pick of the Week. There's a written review that goes up on Wednesday nights. On Friday, you can catch a uh, mini. Uh, video about that show uh, we get to see it and then uh, here we come for the discussion about that book and other books in the week and anything else we can get to as you may or may not know we're going to talk about the books that came out this past week so if you haven't read them we don't want to ruin them for you so uh, read your books then come back or skip around do whatever works for you um, but make sure to listen because it makes it more fun to read your comics you should breathe you should take a breath Mm. I was I was teaching him a special technique. <laughs> oh, Eddie Vedder's here. Yeah, <laughs> that's we're becoming a morning zoo slowly. <laughs> we really are. We're heading. I just need a bell. Inexorably, we're the morning zoo. That other show has a bell. I don't think you should do it. <laughs> we had the bell first. We did have the bell first. That's um, true. All right, I'm just going to Connor. Connor, you had the pick of the week. I did. Thanks, Eddie. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Mr. Connor Kilpatrick. Um, well, Secret Invasion is the big Marvel event, and if you listen to the show, you've known that we have been slightly down on it to varying degrees, the three of us. We liked it at the beginning. I, I still like it. I, 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 you have a lot of I, bad things to say about the Mighty Avengers issues. And right, yes, I know, no, I do, but I still like the event, but, but I think, I think that the, the, the observation is, is that the excitement that we were worked up, the frenzy we worked up into has dwindled. Yes. Well, it had, there hasn't yeah. been any real payoff yet. Yes. Right. Correct. We're still sort of running in place. But wait. Yeah. There's good news. Right. So it was m- with much great surprise that the pick of the week was Captain Britain and MI-13, number one, um, which Woot. is a secret invasion tie-in. And I didn't expect this. I don't think anybody expected this. I don't think you guys probably expected this. I did not expect this. I, I, when, I, when I went to iFanboy.com and I went to see what the pick of the week was on Wednesday, because I find out just when everybody else does, I, was, I, I fell out of my chair. Wow! Did you hurt your hip? Yes, I did, and now I'm in. It, the it helped. It was an earthquake at that exact moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, not so much the pick as the, sh- the rumbling earth. Yeah, yeah I exactly. Had actually, yeah. I had bet on it with Stone and Jeff. <laughs> 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 uh, 
He I, lost. I came out, I came out uh, not on top. Um, Captain Britain and MI-13 is from Paul Cornell and Leonard Kirk, and it is basically the story of the Skrull invasion, but in England. It's, it's basically showing you that this is not just an American event, this is a worldwide invasion. Apparently a Skrull war has started. Yes. Yeah. Uh, all over the world. I was not aware of that. Neither were we. And okay. So, so the story of this is that the MI-13, which is the English... Um, uh, intelligence service dealing with supernatural, like MI6, uh, with in normal normal human terms, yeah. um, gathers together Captain Britain and and, all, and the other English heroes and says, "Fight the scrolls!" And they go fight the scrolls. And that's basically it's it's got the action and adventure and stuff that I was hoping for. We get out of this big event, where so far we've gotten lots of talky, which talkie which we like talky, but yeah. sometimes big events need fighting. You you well, I mean, in that it's typified in this issue is that there are actually a lot of splash pages, mm-hmm. and not in a bad way. There were splash pages in a good way, yep. where you, um, you, 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 like, they fit. Like, for some reason, it really, like, helped you with the scale. It makes, like, uh, Captain Britain is, like, a big character, which he should be. He yep. should be, you know, every bit, to, you know, to England as, as Captain America is to the United States. And I thought that this was a really good representation of that. For, for me, it's not something I know too much. I don't know too much about the character, and that's what he should be, I feel. And, and you know, it shouldn't be Union Jack, I guess. It should be Captain Britain. That makes more sense. Mm-hmm. So Union Jack is referenced as being off somewhere fighting scrolls yeah. in, yeah. in this issue. Uh, but, but Ron, I figured, knows the most. The thing is, I liked about this issue was I know Captain Britain slightly. I know Spitfire slightly. I know Black Knight, but probably best of any of all the characters. Pete Wisdom, I know his name. Um, yeah. and, but I was able to f- get into the story. I was able to follow the characters. I was able to get into their relationships and who they were because uh, what, what Paul Cornell did was he wrote an exciting. Fighting, fighting, st- basically, is all about fighting the scrolls. But in the midst of that, you got to know the characters and you got to know everything about yeah. them. And everything you needed to know was in this issue. You yeah. could go into this without knowing these characters until enjoy it because the, in- the info is on the page. And even if you had a little bit of knowledge about some of the characters, it was you know, like, like you know, we kind of know the Black Knight from the from the old Avengers comic books where he was a mainstay in the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. He turned into a living sword, I guess, <laughs> and then he was in sort of like a, a sword coma. Yeah. Um, a but, sword you know, coma. It, it, yeah. It's like a meat coma, but more dangerous. <laughs> a little bit. A little sharper. Yeah. I never understood, like, if you ran your finger along the side of the living sword blacks, if, whether that... The ebony would, blade? Yeah, if that would yeah. cut your finger when he was a living sword. Oh, yeah. he's Was he sword. sharp? No, remember, he was completely stiff. He was sharp-witted. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, uh, but but you you got, what you know, depending on your level of exposure to these characters, the issue still worked pretty well. And, and I, yeah, I mean, I was happy as a pig and shit with this issue because I, lo- I love Captain Britain, <laughs> from, Captain Britain. From, from Excalibur. Pete Wisdom was created by, um, by Warren Ellis uh, mm-hmm. and his run of Excalibur, um, and he's been an Excalibur kind of mainstay. Um, uh, John the Scroll, uh, the Scroll disguised as John Lennon, um, which came out of Paul, Paul Carnell's Wisdom miniseries that came out uh, about a year ago or so, which you probably should go back and pick up. I think I should need to read yeah, that. Yeah, um, which featured you know featured four scrolls who who invaded uh, the the world in 1963, but decided to take the form of the Be- Beatles and reap those benefits, <laughs> which is just a hysterical, a great John concept. John Lennon the Scroll. Yeah. Is an element that has been sorely missing from my life, <laughs> and I was like, "Yes, John Lennon scroll." <laughs> I but, laughed. I laughed. But, yes. But what I what I thought was there there were two two things about this that I thought was really really cool was that well three things is the fact that it was yes this is the the, the there's a war with Earth is at war with the scrolls and right. this you felt this more than any other secret invasion book right now. Um, but then also what was really cool was that it was mixing together um, the idea of this war and kind of. Not politics, but like you know, an intelligence agency and a government agency, but with you know, e- you know, paying mind to the 
magic and mysticism that is associated with England. You know that um, you know that that uh, at the end of it, they the scrolls target is the siege perilous. Let's give it up for the siege perilous, Woot. Um, <laughs> which is you know which is great. So you, favorite thing ever. Yeah, so you've got you know siege perilous where, where Captain Britain got his powers and the gateway to Avalon and all this kind of stuff, and and you've got you know um, you've got that aspect to it, and so there, and you know that and wisdom keeps getting kind of the you know kind of these pains and he feels the sword will be drawn. He's getting this kind of messaging, and as you can see by the last um, by the last page. The preview for next issue. You see Wisdom pulling out a sword, which is obviously going to be Excalibur, and Black Knight is connected to Arthur Legend and yeah. things like that. So it's really, really cool. But then also, what was cool is with the scrolls themselves and the fighting. You know, in Illuminati, we got our first glimpse of these new kind of super scrolls, and it was kind of like half Nightcrawler, half Colossus, and half Black Bolt. But here we're seeing, you know, like the the Morbius the Vampire scroll and Hyperion scroll, and like other like you yeah. know yeah. sub characters, yeah, Iron Man scroll, and and you know, sub- which, which does yeah. the Iron Man scroll doesn't make anything. Anybody can get a suit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like the Captain Britain um, after the opening sequence with John the Scroll and Pete Wisdom, um, the uh, the scroll that Captain Britain's fighting is like Ghost Rider, Iceman, Angel. It's just like this weird co- combination, which actually is probably a Defender's scroll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that makes more I'm sense. I'm saying I'm bigger than the Supreme Intelligence, <laughs> greater than the Supreme Intelligence. It's just that. You know, where kids think we're as popular as the Supreme Intelligence. <laughs> you read this like that, didn't you? A whole thing. <laughs> it was please, great. Please refer to him by his full name, John Lennon Scroll. John Lennon Scroll. Sorry. Um, um, it's great, and, and I mean, this is an ongoing, and, and I hope that it, it, this this book sticks because this is. So I much just fun. love that it kicks it, it kicked my excitement back up. You yeah. know, like I, I was so excited after Secret Invasion number one. I've been less excited with each each successive tie-in issue. And this is what I've been looking for. I'm looking for a big old summer invasion fight kind of deal. Yeah. Well, one thing that was kind of cool about this is that um, it's an international super team. Um, yeah. It, so it's a British superhero team. Yeah. It's based in like it's MI13. Okay, there is yeah. MI5 and there's MI6. So they. It's they, plausible. It's plausible. It's, it's rooted in something that makes sense. Yeah. It's written by a British writer. Yeah. Which is really good because it feels authentic and it has there's a. There's an undercurrent of an in, of an uh, inferiority complex going yeah. on. You know, America has the greatest superheroes. You know, we have them too. Why aren't we? You know, why isn't Brian Braddock as important as Steve Rogers? Right. And that's that's real. That's actually like if you're a British comic book reader, why am I reading American superheroes all the time? And in a way that in a way that like Omega Flight was yeah. not successful. Yeah, and it's and it's funny that you say that because because like, Captain Britain's one of my personal favorite characters, um, and and the, since the late '80s through Excalibur and through all the kind of incarnations, they've kind of taken him on this meandering kind of way, which has been more mystical and more kind of Claremont, you know, kind of these weird kind of concepts. He went in the future, he'd yeah. been Britannic, and they just he have and to like do with him. yeah, exactly. And and the thing is, like, bringing him, I hate to say, it, but bringing him back to his roots and giving him the the British flag helmet and like it's a great he, costume. yeah, it's a great costume and and giving him making him the symbol of England. Is, is, is great is, I, I also, always love that about the character they also seem to bring the Black Knight back to its, his roots I like, yeah. I like too that whereas, uh, whereas Union Jack is a dude in a suit um, Captain Britain is a little more he's, yeah. he's, like, he's, he's a, a little bigger physically he's, got some powers. he's a little bigger he's a big but he, dude but he's also sort of he connected with mysticism which to me makes more sense when you think about the history yep. of England there's yep. a magical sort of quality to that yeah um, he's also it, blonde like there was Rogers. a lot that happened there was a lot in this issue yeah. but it didn't feel dense it didn't right. feel like you were weighed down it moves along at a nice clip but what you had in there was you had good character stuff in, amidst the action yeah, yeah and, and, the best and kind of action I like that Black Knight interaction with the doctor she's the doctor who's the team yeah I know too, but yeah. I, yeah, I like that you know he's we're like, he's like you, you do, you, yeah. Yeah, you do the hard work I'll steal the glory as Black Knight runs off you know like yeah, just, but yeah. she's interesting there's a, there's a yeah. female Muslim character that's uh that's certainly something to be 
Uh, this is great. Which is very, very, very realistic. I think in terms of what England is. Modern, yeah, modern yeah, day, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Um, so. Leonard Kirk art. Uh, it's great. It's really good. Fantastic. Totally fit the story. Like, the, like I said, it was the big panels and then the smaller panels. Captain Britain punches a, the head off of a scroll. Oh, that was great. There was real consequences. Yeah. And stuff. Exactly. And they were killing them. Yeah. Yeah. Black yeah. Knight was 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 he cut, his, his his introduction page is him cutting through a scroll, which and, is good. And what was great was that was that they they were recognizing it. They're like, listen, we're soldiers. We know what we need to do. You know, like, mm-hmm. and it's 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 great. I mean, it was so, good. So cheers, Paul. Yeah. yeah no, this is. Anybody didn't pick this up in Follow Secret Invasion is looking for more of the Go action side. Get it. Definitely pick this up. Um, Go get I'm hoping. It. Or any Beatles fans. I'm hoping this is going to have a big. <laughs> That's nice why I picked it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I think I'm a scroll. <laughs> I think you are. You're a super scroll. You're part yeah. part uh, John Lennon, part Eddie uh, Vedder, part I Steve can, Jones. I can be any. I can. Oh, Steve Jones, hold on. Uh, I'll, Steve Jones may show up later. Um, Secret. Inv- the next issue we're going to talk about is Captain. Am- uh, not Captain America. <laughs> Fantastic Four, uh, number one. It's a Secret Invasion. Secret Fantastic Invasion. Four. Fantastic Four, number one. That's Alan Davis it cover. Looks- Alan looks Davis exactly cover. like it was a Fantastic Four issue with the Secret Invasion. You take off the yeah. banner. And just, it it's looks- Fantastic Four, yeah. And, and, and again, we go back to it probably should be in Fantastic Four, but the Miller-Hitch storyline is keeping this from being, so now this is a three-issue miniseries, which I, I understand all the reasons why and all that kind of stuff, but it's still grumble-grumble. But it, it, you're right. It totally looks like just an issue of Fantastic Four. It that's really, with, Yeah, that's really funny. Which, in the same way that an Avengers issue looks like Avengers. It's yeah. just a Secret yeah. Invasion. Now, I wasn't going to pick this up originally, but then I saw Barry Kissin was drawing and I really liked Barry oh, Kissin. Quite pretty inside, and so I thought, well, I'll, I'll t- check it out because it's a Secret Invasion tie-in, and it's Barry Kitson, and you know, and it was it was a nice little issue. I thought it was a nice, basically, the story of how in Secret Invasion one we saw a scroll as as Sue Storm go in and send the Baxter Building into the Nagla Zone, and now this yep. explains a how the scroll took out Sue Storm, b how the, how the scroll came into the, uh, the building, c how they got rid of the building, and then what happened mm-hmm. after in the Negative Zone, which is basically. Um, Johnny thing, the two kids, Franklin, who's the other kids? What's the other kid's name? Uh, Frank Val. Franklin and Val, and then the scroll posing a Sue. There's another kid? Yeah, Valeria. Yeah. And, and at first, it's sort of a psychological tale. <laughs> at first it's a psychological tale and that the, the scroll tries to convince Johnny that the thing has been a scroll like for, for a long time and Johnny starts to buy it and he needs to be what ooh this is going to be interesting he's going to now think his best friend's a scroll they're all trapped in a building it's kind of like a horror movie Yeah. but then um, within, yeah. Two, within two pages the scroll's given up the well, yeah, that's what I love is, 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 is that the, when the scrolls are busted it, the, the walls come crashing down very quickly I oh, mean well. like, like you, what you've got is you've got a great Kitson kind of like a nine panel page where they're, it's Sue Johnny, Sue, Johnny, they're having the conversation. And Johnny's, you know, he's thinking, and he's, Johnny has the reputation of not being the smartest member of the Fantastic Four. And so finally he, you know, he's like, all right, well, if you're Sue, what's your favorite movie? And the scroll kind of rolls its eyes and then, and then actually says The Graduate. And Johnny's like, no, it's West Side Story. And this girl's like, you got me. And, and then just, and then, and turns out it's Lijah, which is a, which is a scroll, a female scroll who has a long history with the Fantastic Four and Johnny and all that kind of stuff. So, um, which, which is interesting. The thing about the scroll invasion is that it's just so personal against the Fantastic Four, which I think is just so, you know. Which would yeah. all the more make it be why, why is this a, a little spin off? Why yeah. is this? That's it is my a point. Because the scroll, the scroll is a Fantastic Four enemy. Yeah, exactly. And, and, I mean, I, I guess Reed is in the Illuminati. But also, so that, but Reed is the main focus of well, the Reed, It all boils down to Reed... Is a dick. No, Reed hypnotizing those first three scrolls into cows. Like, that's what it is. Like, that demoralizing effect, and then, of course, destroying their planet. That, that, that's it. <laughs> do, you, um, do you think that if they was not cows, and they was some other animals, <laughs> that it would not be as big of a war on 
Steve Jones here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's just it's weird. I mean, he's the focus. I mean, the reason they, they hate it's like yeah. Doom. Doom hates yeah. Reed, and Scrolls hate Reed is a douche. That's yeah. why. <laughs> well, now they've made him hate Tony. So yeah. that's I guess the. the well, that's a, that's, a, that's almost what the genius of what Marvel's done is that they made every we made all of us hate Tony, and then you've got these people coming in hating Reed, uh-huh. and Tony can save the day. Tony will be redeemed. I like Tony. <laughs> I think he's a good mate he's a good bloke um, now the issue that came out that a lot of people thought was going to be my pick of the week which people uh, very loudly compl- proclaimed on the website was um, Batman 676 which is the first issue of the R.I.P. storyline which has been um, touted for quite a while Grant Morrison's uh, status quo changer yep. and I think the reason why it wasn't pick of the week although I enjoyed it was that mm, nothing really happened <laughs> well, it's a start. And, it's the first what, issue, right? Right, exactly. And, and what did happen was not entirely clear. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I wasn't entirely clear. Like there, the, I, I, at the end, uh, the Joker shows up, uh, and I, I didn't know was he in Arkham Asylum? Was it not? The Joker was in Arkham Asylum. Um, he's talking to a doctor. The doctor shows him a Rorschach test. Uh, Joker says he sees a flower. I think he says he sees a flower. Uh huh. And, but what we go into his head and what he really sees is, is him having killed Nightwing Robin and the Commissioner Gordon. See, I don't think I got that. And which is a great, which is a great two pages. It yeah. is. It's beautiful. Yeah. And, and, the, the and, like, and then the power goes out. The Black Hand shows up. Uh, the Black Glove. I'm sorry, the Black Glove shows up. And um, Black Hand's the, the Green Lantern. Green Lantern. Yeah, yeah. The Black Glove shows up, and and, and the, the Doctor's dead, and they're gonna they're busting um, the Joker. The Joker looks freaking terrifying. Well, that's, well, yeah. that's what I was gonna say. Like, even though I was confused, I was still like, Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's grisly. Yeah. You know, it's quite it's quite grisly. This ties in totally with 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 not, with basically, Mel Morrison's almost entire run here is going to tie into this series. Where yeah, the Joker stuff ties into that Joker prose issue. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the classic Joker prose the issue. Black, the the the, the um, controversial Joker prose yeah. issue. The Black Glove has been orchestrating a lot of the, the. If you go back and read the old issues, like there's that, that ten little Indian storyline. Who is this gathering of villains? This is the this is the Black Glove. And, and these are all the Black Glove is a person or a group? That's the question. These are the people. But who, who are those people up, then? Or at least who's the who's the lucha libre? We'll find out. Okay. So we, yeah, we don't. Who's know. Who's the mime? That's just a great grouping of people, by the yeah. way. This is fantastic. A mime, a lucha libre, a, a, some dude in a radiation suit. <laughs> this is great. Like some knight. This is this is a this is a great group. What I do like is that, that like this is Morrison's whole arc uh, coming together. Yeah. And I, I love that sort of long term epic planning. Like these things that don't you know don't seem to make any sense. Lots of people. Lots of people thought like they read, they read an arc and go, "Well, that was stupid." It's a throwaway arc. I'm mm. not going to pay attention. And then you're finding out now that everything was important. Well, you know that's true. And but the thing was, reading them, I, I wasn't really enjoying all those stories. I didn't read all the arcs that he did. I'd come on for some and hang out, and not really have a good time, and go back. I I wonder if it's going to be the kind of story where really to get anything out of it, you will have had to have read those, or if I could jump on now and be okay. Uh, but as Josh falls asleep again. That would be boring, yeah. Jesus. Um, I thought the I thought the um, the interactions between Batman and Robin with the with the new Batmobile and ba- and then Robin and Alfred were really good. Who is this chick? Which the one that the Batman's kissing? Yeah, Jezebel Jet. What who, what hero is she? She's not a hero. She's a was like a supermodel or something like that. And know. she knows he's Batman. He revealed. She figured it out. Batman's become like Daredevil. It's like she figured knows. it out in the last issue. Yeah. Um, she's just because the, because it just so happened that the shadow on the wall looked exactly like Batman. So <laughs> I. Three, yeah. Bruce just taking his costume off all through the hallway, go, like this is like Jesus. 
Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think if this issue had more answers and less questions, then yeah. it might have been a pick of the candidate. But it really is—it's too much of a setup issue. Do, to do be. we know if R.I.P. stands for rest in peace, or is it like—is he just going to take a vacation with the girl? Well, and it's roses in Paris. Maybe it's not that. We did see the the pins that DC had at Emerald City Comic Con, which had a picture of Robin that said "I am Batman." So, I think I think the, Drake. the very heavily the very heavily uh, foreshadowed thing is that he's going to yeah. retire. That, and that leads to someone else being Batman. That way, they can just bring him back. And then eventually, he will uh, lead. Is he going to retire? Is he going to retire to go off with the chick? I don't know. Well, she's going to get killed, and then he's going to lead an under. Well, if you, if you saw the interview years. with Grant Morrison in the video show, he said he's basically t- taking it as all the Batman comics ever were took place in the last fifteen years of his life. Yeah. What kind of effect did that have on a man? That's he's been through a lot. Heavily yeah. foreshadowed. He's just going to say, "I'm tired." Yeah, enough of this. <laughs> I know how he's actually going to end his war on crime. I know how he feels. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, this is episode one. <laughs> oh God, kill me, I fanboy. Superman six seventy six. Also, Batman six seventy six. Well, same issue, Mike. Yeah, I noticed that they yeah. were both of the same issue. Yeah, yeah. that don't make sense. Yeah. Um, uh, full disclosure. Full disclosure that the writer Vito De Santé is a personal friend of ours who we've known the last couple of years. So we kind of have privy to the behind the scenes um, saga that this issue has been. Which is it's just great to see this story get put in print. Uh, Vito De Santé, he's he he works at Jim Hanley's Universe, and that's where we met him. But um, he's also been a he's been doing a lot of indie comics and and working on getting his you work out see there. In episode two of the yeah. iFanboy video. Part. Exactly. Um, but uh, this story was originally supposed to be in Superman Confidential, um, but due to the scheduling mishaps of, of that book, it never saw print. And it's great to see it appear not only in print but in freaking Superman, like self, like the, the Alex Superman Ross book. cover. He gets put under the. Belt. Not only Alex Ross cover, but Alex Ross cover depicting a scene from the story, yeah. which is awesome. Um, yeah, even if you don't yeah. like Alex Ross, that's got to be cool. Oh, yeah, that's got to be cool for him. And to... I picked this up. I don't normally read Superman, but I thought I, I could totally see why this was going to be a confidential. It's totally a, a one-shot kind of, you know, it's, it's, a, yeah, it's a tale of the past. It's, it's uh, Superman uh, recounting his first Memorial Day in Metropolis and uh, dealing with uh, uh, Solomon Grundy and then Alan Scott Green Lantern gets involved. And, 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 and the thing about that being that, you know, in the past, at some point in DC Universe history, it became sort of the... The given thing that Alan Scott was the, the sort of Superman. He was the the alpha the big, superhero, the big uh, the, the big gun, right of the of the pre-war hero. He's almost like the most badass World War II veteran there is. Yeah, you know, like yeah. I mean, look at the the respect given to the JSA is like like the respect that people give to the World War II veterans, and he's like the yeah. alpha dog. Yeah. Um, and I think that's cool. It's, it fits the it fits that the, comes, the legacy aspect of the DCU. I think that it does. It, and that, one of the things that I really appreciated about this issue is that it ties in very well to the. The father to son legacy, you know, of of the, and you know, my your, my dad was your you were my favorite of my, my dad's favorite superhero, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, where you know, it's, it, I think that James Robinson was the one who first started making Alan Scott the big dog, yeah, because that was in the Golden Age, it was like that, and and in Starman, right, he was the you know the, the big superhero. I thought this was a nice, fun one shot. If you yeah. if you like Superman, this is a good sort of classic tale. I like. He did really well. I thought with the. Um, the uh, the Daily Planet stuff, yeah, that's that, that Lois, seems great, the, yeah. the Jimmy Jimmy Perry stuff, yeah, and I lo- there was a fantastic scene that I loved where um, uh, meteors are coming down, on, yeah. on, or so seemingly meteors are coming down, and then the whole newsroom just goes into a tizzy. Papers are flying, people are running around. And you just see Clark walking through the middle of the very uh, calmly of the madness. He's going to go save it. I thought that was a very nice little touch. You uh, know, a story where you have um, Solomon Grundy and 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 uh, Bizarro show up. And to have it not suck. 
Yeah, it's really. <laughs> yep. Lex it ties into the, the Man of Steel. Yeah, the ending, the ending ties into the John Burns Man of Steel, which I thought was retconned out of continuity, but I guess yeah. it's a matter in the confidential sense. Yeah. I guess it's all, it's it's all, all in continuity. And we're back in regular Superman now, so you <laughs> tell me. Yeah. But it's it, was a, it was a really nice one shot, um, and the next month starts James Robinson, which Josh has to, has to buy. I don't know. He doesn't like You can buy it and read it over your shoulder. <laughs> with a mirror I won't really look well, congratulations Vito yep. the book, it was a good book and damn that's all. That's awesome all you aspiring comic writers it could happen yep. you know? uh, so if you're in New York and you want to congratulate Vito you go to Jim Hanley's Universe uh, it's one of America's best and most progressive comic book stores Jim Hanley's Universe offers the best selection of comics titles and related merchandise from manga to mainstream to mini I did that out of order I threw myself off uh, Jim Hanley's Universe has it all. We Jim, got it. Jim Hanley's Universe is located opposite the Empire State Building. That's when Vito's at. In Midtown Manhattan and a 325 New Dorp Lane in Staten Island, you can visit Jim Hanley's Universe on the web at jhuniverse.com or myspace.com slash Jim Hanley's Universe. Jim Hanley's Universe, where art and literature meet. Yay. That is a uh, Spider-Man comic you wanted to talk about. Uh, well, no. Well, well first, first there was Batman about... Confidential. Um, right. Uh, number 17 which was probably the only book that was really close to being the pick of the week and it's disappeared but we'll, we'll talk oh, about well, it anyway we lost it Josh lost it um, uh, Fabian Nicieza Ron? Nicieza Nicieza yep. I'll I never think. in my life ever get that correct but it's a tough name um, on writing and uh, Kevin McGuire on art interiors oh. full interiors <laughs> first of all Kev, Kev, uh, Fabian Nicieza wrote the only good issues of the Ra's al Ghul crossover he, is, he, he showed me a surprising knack for the Batman characters yep um, so this the, the, the it's a story of Batgirl Barbara Gordon's first meeting with Catwoman. She's just been Batgirl for a little while. She's she's just gotten approval from Batman yep. to, to be officially part of the club. The Bat family. And um, she meets Catwoman. Catwoman steals Jim Gordon's notebook, and uh, so she's chasing her down. And because you assume there's good, there's important information in that notebook. And he's got a great handle on the personalities. I think he is a fantastic Barbara Gordon. I think I know Ron. He really liked his Catwoman. Oh yeah, no, I thought I thought I thought the, he did. Uh, he wrote a great device, and basically it's a chase through the city. Yeah. And Catwoman is very dismissive of Batgirl, and Batgirl is almost like, okay, you know, here I am. I'm early in my career, and I've got I, I got to do this by myself. Um, and so you get the the double narration of Batgirl and Catwoman during the chase, and I thought it was really great characterization. It yeah. was really good, and the, their interaction, and then the ending was just was was hysterical. It was great. It, it basically Catwoman trying to lose Batgirl runs into the Gotham Hedonist Club, which is a looks like a, nu- a swinger a nudist swingers club and sex club sex club and and. Batgirl can like see Cat, Catwoman in there, and, and they won't let Batwoman in. Uh, Bat- Batgirl in unless she goes naked, and she's like, "Well, I can't do that." And the guy at the door is like, "Yeah, your friend said you wouldn't." And she's like, "Oh, it's like this whole one-upping game." Yeah. And it, it basically ends with with Batgirl, you know, in her head, she's thinking, "What would Batman do? Would he go to get naked?" And you know, and probably You're he wouldn't. Right, he would. No, but and then it ends with a hot McGuire <laughs> uh, Batgirl with her back turned to the, that the is reader. Such fanboy porn. Oh, totally, totally. I mean, yeah, come on. She's a healthy back, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was slightly disappointing to see that, but only slightly. I mean, they've always McGuire draws really attractive women, so they've like always they've always sort of given him in later years sort of the the, the girl books. Like yeah. He did the, the, the Marvel pinup. Co- he does. He does. Yeah. Marvel, you know, just that's just what they give him to draw, and it, I'll take anything he draws. Um, it was good though. I mean, the facial hope, expression. He, he's fantastic. He gets better and better. I yeah. just hope he does all five parts. Yeah. You know, because you never really know until they all that's happen. The I remember he did that. Yeah. The Captain America miniseries about his origin, and it was... It was oh, I was Fabian Nicias also. Yeah, yeah, I remember And he that. did, like, issue one, issue two, half of issue three, and then and he then did it somebody else who was not good at yeah. all, and it ruined the whole thing. You, you know who's really good? 
Uh, <laughs> Marcos Martin, uh, the penciler on Dan Slott's, um I don't know if it's a one-shot or story arc in arc. Amazing Spider-Man number part 559. Yeah. yeah, part one. Um, Amazing Spider-Man number 559. Uh, Marcos Martin, out of nowhere, I've never heard of this guy. I, when I'm reading this, and I'm, I was just so excited during yeah. it. I'm like, oh my god, this is great. I don't read this title, and um, Connor showed me the book, and I was like, wow, that's really nice. It's this beautiful blend of... It's, it's, it's new, it's modern, yeah. but it's also... I sound so lame, but it's true, <laughs> no. like... There's, I see a little bit of Darwin Cook. I see a little bit of uh, John Romita. Tim Sale. I see Tim Sale. I see, uh, I think you said All Mike Allred. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's also in, the, in a 60s style. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's Steve Ditko. You know? And, yeah, exactly. A very, I mean, smaller Spider-Man eyes. Like, a very Ditko Spider-Man. Yeah, me too. And then what you've got is you've got Slot writing a, this, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is the best single issue since Brand New Day started. Um, and it's got a, um, it's it's got a it's got a villain. Uh, what's the character's name uh, that we get into? Screwball, which is a girl robber who is uh, live broadcasting on the internet with her crimes, and you can watch them and is making yeah. money that way. Very steeped in today, yeah. but it still feels like doesn't even care about the money yeah. she's stealing because she's making more off the on, online the, uh, online stuff. But yeah. um, and had daily plan daily Daily Planet. Daily the, Google the, stuff. the other story is that is that is that because she's live streaming, they're getting better images from than Peter takes, so they, they don't want to buy his photos anymore. Yep. So and so he becomes a... They make him a paparazzi, because he, he can get really good paparazzi shots, so he has to go like sneak into a club and take shots of this actor. And, yep. And it's, it's kind of realistic in that sense. Um, I and would he, love and it. He, and it was a convenient way to allow him make a lot of money for a good paparazzo shot and to get his apartment. Now yeah. he's moving out of Aunt May's place. And, yeah. Sorry, you would love it. No, I, I would love it if they announced tomorrow that they were going back to monthly and Marcus Martin was the regular artist. Yeah. I would die. Hands down. There are at least two pages here, yeah. um, which just from flipping through it stand out to me. There's one where he's walking sort of on the side of a building. Yeah. Yep. And they've used it, the building is basically filling up the whole frame. And, and they've, they've used panels to show him in different places and times yep. without changing the background. Gorgeous panel. Another sort of the same thing is there's a there's like a cutaway shot of a staircase and it's yep. Peter Parker flipping around and fighting, you know, yeah. in different places all on the yep. same page. And taking no take he's get he's as the paparazzi did, he's taking pictures as he's jumping to get away from security. Right. And what you've also got the the Peter Parker but with the spider sense going off in the face the going classic, half Spider Man. Yeah. Oh so good. So, so good. I, I, I did not expect that when I opened yeah. the issue. But I was like, "Wow!" Yeah, this 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 was great. It was, yeah. For me, for yeah. me, I like the story. But if you add, if you put Zeb Wells and Marcus Martin on the book monthly, yep, I would, I, it would jump to like a top ten book for me. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think Marcus. I think this Marcus Martin guy. I'm going to watch him. He's he, yeah. like, I got the same. I feel feeling like I've as seen it. his name before, but I'm, I'm going to I'm going to look to see everything he's done, and I'm going to buy everything he puts out after this. That's how much he sold me on this. No, he's yeah. a, he's like Carl Kershaw, right. like instant yeah. instant what favorite. What if this is just like? First time working in this style. Fantastic! I know. Yeah, he's been. Like he's been. <laughs> yeah. What if his yeah. next Junior. book is about Nazis? How awesome that was! So, um, real quick. I'm glad you like my book. <laughs> 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 so, um, so Wolverine number sixty-five is the last issue of the Jason Aaron Ron Garney arc, uh, yeah. which is kind of just keep these guys on this book. It just you know, oh god. I heard. I heard a rumor they're going to come back after the twelve issue. They should uh, Miller, but I feel like it's going to be a it's too much. Too. Year. It's going to be like Mark Wade, Ron Garney, or the, the yeah. Guggenheim return to Wolverine. Yeah, like, which is know, like, yeah, good. Sometimes you just can't. But yeah, um, I personally thought this issue ended a bit of a thud. Well, yeah, well that's because because ultimately it ended with the Wolverine not actually killing Mystique and leaving the gun. For, have. The, the point know. of the story was Scott Summers, Cyclops, yeah. good old Boy Scout says. 
You need to go kill her. Yeah, but he's a scroll. <laughs> Maybe. He's acting very out of character. That's all. I think that though you're, yeah. you're talking about what is Wolverine about and what does he do. Yep. And the crossroads at the end of this is does he do it? Yep. I think he should have. Yep. And I'm not saying because it sort of invalidated the whole. Yeah, I mean that's because because a whole a whole theme of this and and there's a big argument between Wolverine and and uh, Mystique during this where Mystique is just like you know why you know why do you think I keep double crossing the X Men mm-hmm. you know it, it's it's what I'm always person. gonna do you know like I it's it's who I am and honestly it's who you are and you're gonna do it eventually eventually you're gonna turn your back on them because that's who you are because it's and, about how he double crossed his team back then but then with with her with, it, the flashback from the thirties you know, like yeah she was exactly screw them and yeah. But um, but so that and and it, and Wolverine is always about redemption. How he's not an animal and how he's not going, you know. So I'm, I wasn't surprised that he didn't kill her. Like basically, he left her. He left her wounded for dead in the desert with a gun, and he's like, "You'll figure out what to do," you know, like she that kind of. Kill you know, but you know well, yeah, like, she's mystique. That's the thing yeah. is that he's the best he is at what he does. Yeah. So do it. And also, like he spent how do it. three issues, four do issues, it. five issues, do it, saying, "I'm going to kill you. Yeah. I right. am going to kill you." And yeah. so. Anything less than that, like when you say felt, something, like when you a, say something will happen, that yeah. thing has to happen. Yeah. I mean, even if it gets invalidated later. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think it. I feel like Marvel took the, the teeth out of it. Even if, even if he kills her, walks away thinking she's dead, and then we we see she's not dead. Mm-hmm. Right. At least to him, him, he thinks he's killed. Yeah. The fight was I, brutal, though. By the way, it was. But I, I, mean, I just yeah. feel like exactly. I yeah. feel like you you get a guy like Jason Aaron scalped, you know, and you put him on the book like this, and you sort of take the teeth out of his story because he can't. Do a Jason Aaron story because eventually, you know, he can't yeah. kill Mystique. Yeah, but it just felt like a, it, it almost felt like it kind of invalidated the entire arc for me. It's just kind of like yeah. uh, one book that had a really good ending. Uh, I thought uh, was the uh, fifth issue, number five of uh, BPRD nineteen forty six. Mignola and Josh Dysart uh, take you back to the Bureau of Paranormal Research and Development. Development. Yes. Uh, back right after World War Two, they're in Berlin in nineteen forty six, and they're basically trying to find all of Hitler's. Uh, uh, occult and, and macabre experiments and more Nazis. Like that. Well, you know what's funny about this series is that um, half of it is very rooted in, in realism, but then by the end of this, they, like like there was soldiers and they were at the end of the war and they were tired. But by the end of this, there were like the giant gorilla robot cyborgs and, and heads in jars and, and vampires and demons and like everything and, I hear about this this miniseries. Sounds oh, good beautiful to me. art by Paul uh, Azaceta, I believe is the name. Uh, you know, it was just it was just a good mini. I haven't read all of the BPRD stuff, but yeah, I was able to pick this up and read it. Uh, the, there's going to be a 1947 that is going to happen. Oh, really? uh, yeah, look for next week uh, in the middle of the week. We're going to have a mini where we talk to Josh Dysart about this series and and the other one uh, that's coming up. He's so enthusiastic. He's great. He was really he, cool. He was good. Yeah, uh, yeah. This was this that's was a good. Really, definitely check that mini out. This is my favorite. This is my favorite Hellboy thing that I've read since I read Hellboy, basically. Wow. So wow. I really dug I'll this. I'll be looking for the, the collection. Cool. Um, so that's our view. What you can do if you go to iFanboy is you can what also about talk about other, DMZ. One of my other books. I forgot about that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. I'm cutting those books. Uh, D- oh, okay. Now, DMZ number 31 uh, from Vertigo. Um, I know you guys read it in trades, yeah. and we haven't talked about it that much. Actually, I thought the past year of DMZ has been a little weak. has been a little kind of after the... I'm after it kind of It kind of burst. I thought the Force trade was really good. It, really? Okay. Yeah, it was, it was the story of the... It's one of those trade... You've yeah. read four, though. I've, I haven't borrowed any of your books since the second one. Okay, four well, was really strong. Well, I just I just thought the past the past couple of issues, have the last couple of arcs, when it did some of the... I did like that one shot with the scraper. 
paint graffiti, whatever. But we're, we're right now at, at um, issue number three, uh, part three of six in this blood in the game um, uh, story arc, which is basically they're trying to put a a, a leader in the uh, provisional government into the DMZ area and how the government is trying to put their kind of puppet in place and a leader amongst the people emerges, this guy Delgado in the Bronx, and he's rallying the people and Maddie kind Carlos? of gets, no. Um, um, I forget his Delgado, first name. Um, but um, the and and uh, Maddie gets thrown in with his kind of campaign, and he's kind of reporting, but he's also kind of getting you know kind of um, what's the Stockholm syndrome kind yeah. of you know yeah he's getting he's 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 kind of drinking the Kool Aid. Um, and this was the first issue in a while where it just ended. And I was just like, oh damn! I was like, like I can't wait for the next the issue. The fourth so. trade was about the. Um the the army unit charged with murder yeah that one that, that that one was really deep and down it was, it was yeah. 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 really yeah. Strong. probably better yeah. in trade form than issues because no i don't even think it was that it was just that it was just very heavy it was, well, yeah. right but heavy yeah. heavy over 6 months yeah is yeah. is harder to take than heavy over an hour and a half yeah, you know, or however long it takes. That was a really strong one. You need to catch yeah. up on those because that was really good. I would like to do that. Um, and finally, uh, Serenity, Better Days, number three of three from Dark Horse. Um, Dark Horse needs to have an ongoing um, Firefly Serenity book because I want this in my life a lot. Um, the, this, these <laughs> three issues. Get you into my life. These three issues were just were fantastic. It's like we, I, I think we've talked about all three issues every yep. time they come out because it's like an episode of Firefly. It's it's so much fun and and the 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 guy writing it has got the characters' voices down. You Brett hear Matthews. them in your head, yeah. It's just it's so good, and I hope they do like a season. Is this w- a is season this, one again, or season does two? This take place before the movie. Yes, it does. It yes. does. So yeah. everybody's yeah. alive. Yes. yes, I haven't watched the movie yet. So yes. So Jane's still alive. Uh, yeah, stop. So um, everyone's is got both arms. Everyone's still alive. <laughs> stop. So um, yeah, it's just really, really good. I hope they. So do the that. chick's still a chick. It's, Mm. She so, was a man, <laughs> but it was just great. It was just please, please, please do it. So, so you read all, you read that in Buffy, but you don't read Angel, right? Correct. Yeah, I never watched Angel on TV. So all all three of those books are supposed to be just great. wonderful continuances of that. Which I hear mixed things about Angel. Like okay. it's, it's almost universal praise for Serenity, universal praise for mm-hmm. Buffy, but I do right. hear people say Angel's not as good. Well, you're yeah. you're biased because you think it should have ended. No, I'm not biased. I'm just saying what I read. Other people are biased. Other people, like our users, who when they go to our website, they can pull their books and then read them and rate them. Yep. And occasionally we like to highlight a few of their reviews. And the first one is from Pisces Paul, who reviewed Titans number two and gave the story a two out of five and the art a one out of five. I hope you're not buying the next issue, Paul. Um, he says, Dear God, why am I still reading this? I wanted to like, <laughs> wanted to like this so much. That really, sums it up really well. I really did. I pushed through the cheesecake artwork during issue one in the hopes that the story would be Keep, my, keep me hooked. I've enjoyed most of Judge Winnick's work, but it all came crashing down this month. Rarely do I criticize too much because, well, quite frankly, I'm not getting paid to write and I can't draw. Um, but really, this story is quickly going off the rails. It's always hard for me to break up, so I'm dropping this abusive relationship before it gets really bad. It's harsh, man. Um, he wanted to like it. Did you guys all... I picked up Titans, too, and I was glad to see Churchill was off it, but... But he does wasn't much better. But then not. It yeah. was almost worse. Yeah. No, it was It was more than almost worse. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad. Churchill had occasionally had panels that were okay, whereas yeah. this was like... I did... I, some, of, some of Winnick's dialogue was all right in the story. I like the story. Yeah, I like the story, yeah. It's I fine. think the story the is art. a fine, classic yeah. Titan's tale yeah. of, of... Although we were laughing about about they just can't get it further away from Aqualad, can they? Yeah, it's like, like a, where's Aqualad? That is in the ocean somewhere. Yeah, it's like, Arthur's looking for him. He'll be fine. It's like, <laughs> they just totally dismiss him. <laughs> but the art is yeah. just... Yeah, I didn't buy it. I didn't 
didn't enjoy the first one. Such a misstep. It's painful. It's painful. I don't know how they they even think that's okay. Yeah. Um, and um, Goat seventy seven uh, wrote in uh, uh, did a review of Last Defenders number three, uh, which is written by Joe Casey. I forget who the artist is. Um, he gave the story a one out of five and the art a four out of five. Um, and Goat seventy seven says, I wanted to like this series so much. She Hulk, great. I love Shulky. Colossus, great. I love the all different X Men. The two other characters, cool. I can dig obscure characters. Sigh. I'm finally dropping it. The story's incomprehensible, and the issue's leaving me feeling that I've wasted my money. It's too bad, too, because I thought the art was pretty good. And unfortunately, I can't disagree with Goat77 anymore. Yeah. It, this, 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 it's getting better every the issue. Thing, the thing you got to understand about The Last Defenders is that it's not about She-Hulk, it's not about Colossus, it's, it's about, about Nighthawk. Nighthawk. Yeah. And it's about the legacy of the Defenders, and Nighthawk desperately try to hold on to his team. This team which cannot succeed. Exactly. Are you and still on it? To, I, haven't, I haven't actually read this one, but yes. Yeah. To the point where this issue, he goes out and hires Paladin and like a bunch of other mercenaries. It's, also, it's not just Joe Casey on it, it's Keith Giffen. Uh, is plotting. It plotting. He's plotting, yeah, with in case he's doing the dialogue. Yeah, so it's... it's, it's but now you've yeah. got, like, Doctor Strange was up in this one, and, and yep. is it Namor? And, no, they thought Namor was... No, um, was, um, Son of Satan is yeah, yeah. whatever that character's name is. Damien yeah. Hellstrom? Yeah. No, 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 yeah. the, the, the Blue yeah. Atlantean. They thought yeah. it was Namor, but it was the other guy. Right. But I think... It, I like the conceit that every time... Every new issue, he's, he's, he gets a new team, yep. and by the end of the issue, the team's falling apart. Yep, exactly. He's so desperate to get keep the defenders together that he keeps trying yeah. to bring a team together. It's like a serial uh, m- m- merrier. Yeah, and I've yeah. actually really liked it more and more. Yeah, it's, I thought, I thought it was th- great, 3 yeah. was the best one. Yeah, that's the, I agree with you. I think 3 yeah. has been the best issue so far. So It was fun. So um, so if you got an opinion on the comics that came out this week, head over to ifanboy.com forward slash comics and be sure to pull all your comics every week and then you can come back and rate and review them. And if you need to purchase your comics, you should head over to Discount Comic Book Service. Um, they've got monthly specials up to 75% off all the comics. Yeah. They do 40% off the major publishers. <laughs> Yep. Um, they offer a flat rate shipping of five ninety five for all orders. So no matter sure. how much you get, it's just five ninety five. Yeah. Um, you can pretty much anything that comes out in previews and Diamond's catalog, you can purchase. Yeah. Um, they've got over fifty four hundred trade paperbacks in stock and ready for order, so you can go buy trades there as well. Yeah. And finally, they got a great website at dcbservice.com where you can track all your orders online. Um, if you're looking for any sort of um, online retailer, dcbservice.com is the one you should check out. Um, and also, don't forget, over at InStockTrades.com, they've got our Book of the Month uh, Hellboy li- uh, Library Edition Volume 1 for 40% off. Yeah. So, um, DCBService.com, InStockTrades.com, great folks to, uh, to do business with. My knee is popping. I'm um, sorry. I'm getting old. I feel like I'm back in the air- airport, uh, airport plane. Airplane. There's been a lot of flying. Viewer email boy. time. Um, Dan P. from Toronto, Ontario, Canada says, I picked up Mighty Avengers 13, and after reading it, I was left feeling a little annoyed by the Layla Miller appearance. While it bothers me, my gripe is unrelated to Layla being there despite being stuck in the future. My problem is with the recent trend of artists trying to sexualize Layla Miller. In Mighty Avengers, she's shown in her underwear, and during Messiah Complex, there was a scene... She's 13, 14? We'll get to that. There was a scene of her naked in the shower and arriving at the mutant camp in the future. Isn't Layla Miller supposed to be around the age of 12? Maybe I'm wrong, but that's how I remember her being, being. And every time she's drawn naked or scantily clad, it bothers me. Something about it just isn't right. Do any of you agree with my point? Uh, also, am I, am I wrong? Is she older? He's correct. Yeah, no, I, I remember the... And I feel in, the same way. In Mighty Avengers, I winced because yeah. I was just like, oh... No, she's totally 12 or 13, and it yeah. totally freaks me out when I see her. Like, it when, should be noted that, that there was a complaint about the Mighty Avengers in the last episode. Well, let's... Was uh, compl- well, yeah, well, well, let's address this before we get there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, I thought the same things in the shower scene yeah. and thing. No, when she answered me. the door of Mighty Avengers and she was in that like cute that the underwear tank top thing. Like, who answers the door like that? And even like it was just a little Peter too David, sexual. Though has has played with her sexuality in terms of hinting Jamie, and her hinting and at it very. Yeah. 
generally in a but way that it hasn't that been is, overly right, sexual. Right, it's, it's very subtle. But there's a yeah. comic book artist thing that happens. Yeah, you know where they oversexualize the X twenty three problem. As it, you know what right. I mean. Like in yeah. some places she's drawn as a big busty model, and other times she's the thirteen year old she is. Right. Yeah. Um, the, Malieve did a great job of drawing her. I mean, like just, that. It, it, it but just, it was just, it was inappropriate. Just, yeah, it was inappropriate. So, but they get to the other thing. So we talked about Mighty Avengers last week, and I had a little continuity freak out. I'm sorry, <laughs> I missed the box that said six months earlier. I read a lot of comics. <laughs> I apologize. And thank you to the 17,000 people who emailed me directly to tell me that. And I love how every email started. I'm sure everyone's pointed this out to you already, but my God. So please, yes, I'm sorry. We did something wrong on another show. Really. Oh, Teen well, Titans number three. And then there's also Teen Titans number... We, we talked about... You Teen had talked Ti- about... Teen Titans year one number three. I had said... The, we talked about number four. We were talking about issue four. Right. We talking about issue four saying that the plot... Had been disregarded. If we didn't know what happened to the whole mentors being crazy thing, Ron agreed with me. Turns out, Ron somehow missed issue. It was all resolved issue three. Ron missed it. I completely missed it. We went to the comic book store yesterday, and Connor's like, "Oh, here's that Teen Titans issue where it was resolved." I said, "I've never seen that comic before in my life." Like, I completely missed it when it came out, and so I bought it, read it, and yeah, it wraps up the story pretty pretty nicely too. It's like... I, I, and uh, in my only defense is it was really, four was really late. I forgot about it. <laughs> I so, that story. The one thing to, to note is that we're only human and we yeah, make mistakes too. I, I, actually, too, I so. made no mistakes. <laughs> should be noted. Yeah, watch noticed. some of the videos. <laughs> That's the asterisk. Story. The asterisk report. <laughs> All right, cool. So, on to our next email it comes from Teddy. Um, Teddy says, I'm 27 years old but new to comics. I'm a huge Joss Whedon fan and this led me to check out Astonishing X Men, which I've loved. This sparked my interest in reading everything I could get my hands on. <laughs> The TV Guide. Um, I'm perfectly willing to read as much as I have as I have to and buy as many books as I need to. Jeez. What I'm looking for isn't just a good jumping up, jumping in point. And so I ask you, where do I start? I've already started reading all the books on the top ten lists out there: Dark Knight Returns, Watchmen, and more. That's not what I'm asking about because my slight obsession with continuity. I've become interested in Marvel's Ultimate Universe because I can realistically read everything. He keeps capitalizing everything in this yeah, email. I was going to ask, are you doing that? <laughs> I understand that this is not possible in the main Marvel and DC universes. Nope. I want to get, quote-unquote, caught up with the current worlds. I'm in no hurry. I'll read as much as I have to, even, quote-unquote, bad books, if they're essential to the history. How many years back do I have to go back to truly understand what's happening in D.C.? When did they throw it all out the window and reboot? How about Marvel? I know that some of you will say to forget about it and just find a good story and go with it. I wish my brain worked that way. I think Teddy's in oil. I apparently, that's because he must have lots of big. cash he's around. Te- he's, he's in he Texas. He lives in all these comics. He also well, has massive obsessive-compulsive disorder. Yeah, well, one, one, a couple of things straight out of the gate is, is um, Marvel has the essentials line, and DC has the showcase line. Yeah. Those are great black and white newsprint cheap reprints of like all the old comics. He's not worried so, about money. Right. Well, not Go to Bay, Bay, buy every yeah. issue. No, buy every he, issue. Can, yeah. he can get all the stories yeah. collected together in one. Yeah. I, it's hard to read everything. You can't. I mean, DC. It's almost impossible to start anywhere. You're going to have to start somewhere. Yeah. You have to pick up, no matter what point you pick, yeah. there's comics you, you haven't read before unless you're going to go back to 1963 and start... 60, right. When did Marvel start? Marvel started really 60, 62. So unless you go back to yeah. 1962 and start reading all the Marvel 61. books, you're going to have to pick a spot. Unless you go and that back, would literally take you years. Yeah. Years and years and years and years and years. Just because there are thousands of comics. And for DC, yeah. you could start with Infinite Crisis, but that's still not going to give you the whole story. You could start with Crisis on Infinite Earths, but that's still not going to give you the whole story. Yeah, yeah. At some point, you're going to have to just put a line in the sand and say, I'm starting here. You know, what, you know what, what a really good thing to do is to go back to a beginning point. So go back to the, an omnibus. Yeah. Read that. You find threads that you like. Exactly. Follow those threads and, and keep it going that way. I mean, like, I mean, and do you, what do you, I mean, if you want us to tell us where you should start to read everything... 
then go buy everything. Yeah, go buy, right buy go, go to every comic book, go to every convention, buy every back issue in the in the quarter bin, and just start reading. But but yeah, but like you want you focus on the Avengers, get the essentials, get the or get the hardcover collected mm-hmm. editions. They're reprinting all, a lot of them. Like Spider Man is all out on DVD. You can go pick them up and read X-Men, everything. Spider Man, same thing with X Men. Um, you know, and like pick something and just go with it. And then you. But the thing is, you're not gonna the pretty much the mainstay titles, the Justice Leagues, the Batman's, the Superman's, the you know the X Men's, the Avengers. You'll be able to find, but you're not going to be able to find the little, you know, the all the Marvel two in ones and all the, you, is, know, like, you, know, you know, all the annuals. The, yeah, probably. exactly. Maybe, yeah. maybe a handful of people have read everything since the sixties. I would love to f- talk to somebody who did. Who, but like, I don't know anybody. Ninety nine point nine percent of comic readers have started somewhere and, and yep. just moved forward. You can't, you can't and, and ever like, catch that's up. That's the fun part is that you start somewhere and you follow those threads. Yep. So just too much material. You don't have yeah. time in the day to read all those comics. So I'm very excited for our next email. This is my favorite one we've gotten in a while. Uh, T. Scott B., which is anonymity, fact's sake, uh, MD, he's a doctor. Oh. T. Scott B., MD. Which uh, is, by the way, a, a, that's a TV show. <laughs> T. Scott B., MD. Being the resident MD, I would like to weigh in on the shapeshifter gender debate. MD being he's a medical doctor. Yes. Okay, uh, well, as far wait. as anatomy goes, much must be said for what goes on inside the shifter and also the hormonal issues. Let me explain. Well, first, we should stop and say this is dealing with a couple of episodes back, we, just, we were discussing whether or not a shapeshifter could have a baby and. Morph to a woman, have a baby, then morph back to a man. Yep. Basically, do whatever they want. All right, yeah. So this is the doctor's weighing it up. Yeah. I would assume most shapeshifters after alter their outward appearance, leaving their internal anatomy unchanged. To be a female or male, for that matter, it's not what's on the inside, outside the counts, but the hormonal milieu, if you will, if you will, determines sex. Witness many tra- transgendered people who have the outer workings of one sex, but internally feel they are another. Many times, these feelings are actually the process of hormonal actions in the brain. If Mystique, by default, is a true female. She would have the hormonal milieu of a female XX plus mutant chromosome and would be, have children, by her, but her outward biology would, would incorporate this. On the other hand, people who shapeshift, who are morphers, probably lack the hormonal chemical ability to determine true sexual identity and probably cannot reproduce or at least change their internal sexual identity, unless they can somehow alter this. Morph, for example, is probably asexual, although he's depicted as male. He probably has the chemical makeup of a male. Change, changing his outward appearance or even internal appearance would still be of no use unless he had to f- can fabricate or change the hormonal chemical makeup as well. In reality, most mutants would not be able to reproduce anyway. By default, most true mutations are not compatible with life. But then, where would that leave us without the X Men and true M Day? So basically, saying it's not <laughs> it's the not organs, real. It's the hormones. It's the hormones that determine. It. Well, I think I think the point being that that if thank a, God he spent all that money on medical school. I think the point that that if a shapeshifter is a female and she that that I, I believe the idea that she would keep the inward the guts would stay yeah. female even though the outward be you know but then then the question begs you know like if it changes to a male does it feel the same or not you know like okay, that, yeah. whoa. <laughs> I love this debate though this is one of my you favorite things we've done in a while I want to see your Netflix queue um, so <laughs> if, if you have any questions um, you can send an email to contact at ifanboy.com please weigh in on the shapeshifter debate are there any other doctors out there who it's all just, about hormones it's all about hormones right now with the belief is hormones I want to hear from a geneticist yes that's next I don't know how many really high level educated people uh, are <laughs> listening to the show and really care uh, if you want to help support the show or you'd like movies either way you can go to www netflix.com slash ifanboy and get a free two week trial they've got over 90,000 titles no late fees free shipping both ways blu-ray titles fast deliveries all that good stuff um, we all have it and we did even if they weren't involved with the show so you should do that 
Yay. And last week we said uh, we, we promised a return of the voicemails last week. And, and we and were wrong. Unfortunately, we were wrong. You're a stinking liar. We forgot that we would be on the road again. But so. next week is going to be an all-voicemail show, so we'll, um, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll solve it that Don't way. Don't quote me on that. But, uh, yeah, next week we're going to do lots of voicemails. Yes, because we, we, they're, they're, build, they're building up. They're we skipped them up. a lot. So, um, so also wanted to mention uh, the update on our fundraising effort for David Percola, the retailer in uh, Michigan who unfortunately was um, injured uh, while during a robbery at his store. Um, he's doing he's doing well. He's doing better. He's still in um, the ICU, but he's making uh, good steps forward. And we have uh, been in the process of putting together the uh, auctions that we're going to be organizing. We've gotten some great stuff from some awesome people already, and it's going to be really cool. So start saving your money. Um, and if oh you, yeah, there is awesome stuff. Yeah, there is. I yeah. just, it just yeah. I was like, all right. <laughs> So, and if you haven't donated, head over to ifanboy.com. There's a post in red that um, with a link to PayPal to donate. Um, we've raised over well over six thousand dollars already. Please help us raise more. So, um, thank you all. And after you've done that, you may as well stick around at ifanboy.com. Uh, check out the pick of the week written review, uh, all the content, the written stuff that goes up every single day. There's new stuff. There's mini uh, video shows, which we'll talk about later. Uh, but there's all sorts of good stuff. Ifanboy.com. You really should go and get there. Do the pull list. Do all that stuff. If you're listening to the show. Yeah, and also head over to ifanboy.com forward slash store, which is ifanboy partnering with Amazon, where you can buy all your comics, video games, music, whatever you like that's on Amazon, you can buy through us, and it helps us out in the process. In addition to this show, we have a video show every Saturday at revision3.com slash ifanboy. Um, it's our full-length 20 to 30-minute comic book show, and this, this past week you watched the Emerald City Con Which episode, was a fun one. Which was a fun little show. Sometimes it's longer than 30 minutes. A little ditty. And uh, next week there will be a show. There will be a show. Uh, what that show will be? <laughs> It, it should be about the crisis. It might be a crisis in itself. But uh, I haven't actually started it. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Which I didn't I mean, realize until I started writing up the script. Well, listen, if the show doesn't show up... <laughs> there will be a show, no matter what. Come if the show water. doesn't show up, you can still come to iFanboy or, or Revision 3 every single day and get your iFanboy mini fix. Uh, we've got some treats uh, leftovers from the Seattle... They're not leftovers. No, they're, they're not leftovers. They're, they're, they're good. They're, they're good extras, content. They're extras. They're, they're extras. It's yeah. more stuff. Whereas yeah. before we were bringing you a uh, convention just in the one-week show, we, we, we spread it out. We, like shot, we shot more than we, than we needed, and we put yep. them in the minis. Exactly. You needed more. Right. You. Me. You, you did, yes. So and the great minis coming up this week. Yeah, so definitely check those out. Some of my favorites. Um, and uh, if you don't have an iFanboy t-shirt, you can head over to jinx.com forward slash iFanboy. We saw a, a couple of them in the wild at the Emerald City Con, which was awesome. Um, if you ever go to a comic book convention, make sure you wear your shirt. And take a picture of yourself while you're wearing the shirt and send that into jinx.com as well as to us at contact.ifanboy.com. Jinx will send you free stickers and we'll thank you. And you can send, a, send those pictures to contact.ifanboy.com leave, or you can leave us a voicemail. One eight eight fanboys for three two six two six nine seven. I promise you, we will have voicemails next week. Yes, I just I just wanted to say before we wrap this all up that uh, there's pages of art that touch my soul, and I think that that Josh, Ron, and Connor have really helped. I don't know where this is going. I don't either. That's <laughs> Why don't you just do the next one? I wonder if Eddie Vedder's on Twitter. <laughs> that was he should be. But anyway, I, I think that's all for the show. Except uh, if if you wanted to come up and get with us, uh, go to ifanboy.com/about, uh, and you can be on social networks uh, where they would Twitter links and link. There's it's all there. Whether you want to be with them individually. Or as, a, or as a collective unit. <laughs> it's like he's, he's like, it channels them. It's in a trance. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of um, it's, it's very, I like to put on some candles and put the lights down, though, and just and just strum my acoustic guitar while, while checking out Facebook. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> do, you, do you drink anything when you do that? I have a, a, a Beaujolais. <laughs> <laughs> Beaujolais. And so, um, and so you can have, head over to iTunes and listen to some Pearl Jam, but then also you can head over to um, the iTunes podcast section and write a review about iFanboy. We were saying, you know, we've been kind of slacking on the, the soliciting of reviews. Yes. You don't want to campaign for yourself, but we're close to 200 folks, and, and we'd like to be, be well There's over 200. Shows. So. Yeah. You've left one for the, vi- the audio show, but what? what yeah. You're gonna neglect the others. The video a lot shows, of work yeah. That goes into it. The love is there. Yeah. So if you're listening and you enjoy it, take take two or three minutes. Yeah. Go over there and leave us a review, good or bad. Just you know. But most importantly, aside from iTunes, which is a great way to get the word out, but also word of mouth, get the word out. Tell your friends if you if you guys read comics and they're not listening to the show or watching the show, tell them about it. Tell your store about it. Um, uh, we, we're trying to we're doing our best to get the word out. We need your help. The other so. day I was I was talking to Neil Young. <laughs> And he said he said that he'd enjoyed the work. He's a he's a huge Michael Lark fan. <laughs> if you if you like the show and want to donate some money to the cause, you can go to ifanboy.com slash donations, click on the donate box. Josh's psychiatry bill is not cheap. No, it's not. It's the the, the, the multiple a, personalities getting there's into a it. bunch of specialists. We've got to fly yeah. in from all over the globe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you think anyone else knows who Steve Jones like the sexist guitarist who has Anybody in LA should know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So he has, a, he has a talk show, Jonesy's Jukebox. It's the most fascinating thing to listen to ever. Yeah, to stream it. Yeah, it's no, really seriously, good. Seriously, when I was doing the script, I I, I was typing up uh, next week crisis, and I went, oh shit. Yeah, you're hung up on that because I didn't start it, yeah, and it's due soon. Exactly. Exactly. Who's that? It's mine. It's right, mate. <laughs> yeah. The, the eyes closing is what freaks me out when he's doing I'll these voices. Look at you, guys. <laughs> I'll do it. As if I do, I still laugh. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's it for this week. So until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. I'm Eddie Vedder. I'm Steve Jones. <laughs> I'm John Lennon. The scroll. The scroll. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Josh. <laughs> I'm time exhausted. Well, yeah. <laughs>